May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The day that Queen Elizabeth died. That sounds like one of the books in the Old Testament, doesn't it? The day King Uzziah died. But no, the, king, uh, the day Queen Elizabeth died, I heard just that morning before any of the news came out that she was seriously unwell, finished writing a sermon for the following Sunday, which I realised quite quickly wasn't going to be of much use, so I thought, well, I'll use that sermon today, two weeks later, and use those readings. Then I looked at today's readings in the shadow of last week's mini-budget, and I thought, I can't use the readings and sermon from two weeks ago let alone the fact I preached half of it on Wednesday morning here, to be honest, you might have noticed that I inadvertently used a sermon without realising it. I just hope with that many budgets and these readings I can avoid too much of a rant during this sermon. The rich man and Lazarus. A rich, entitled man and someone who is poor and struggling. A rich man who demanded the poor man serve him and give him everything. A rich man who felt he was better and more important than the poor man. So much that could and maybe should be said about a government which has seen fit to decrease the taxes of the rich at the expense of the poor. What is going on? Really, what is going on at the moment? Is this what it's really all about? Look after yourself at the expense of anyone else who must be less important by the fact they're not you? Or to quote the old saying, and I apologise for using this one, look out for number one, don't step in number two. In the Gospel, Jesus turns it upside down. Those who have felt themselves to be entitled in this life are less fortunate in heaven than those who have been downtrodden. Something we see echoed in the Magnificat. But that feels so much of a cop-out for those of us who are earning nowhere near £150,000 a year and so benefiting from these new tax arrangements. And what is that about that those who are earning a fortune are better off through it and those who are not are worse off? I must avoid a rant. Who's heard of the concept of the Sabbath? Anyone? One or two. And what's the Sabbath? Come on, anyone? What's the Sabbath? It's a rest day. It's a rest day, okay? Sabbath in terms of seven days. What about the Sabbath of the land? No? We're going back Old Testament education now. Every... Sorry? Yeah. Every seventh year, allowing the land to lay fallow for a year to recover. So that's seven days, that's Sabbath, but rather than us every seventh day having a rest, the land has a rest every seventh year. 
And what about Jubilee? And I'm not talking about the royal kind. Jubilee of the land, anyone? No? Okay. Father? No. I need to teach you a bit, don't I? Um, a, a jubilee, a Sabbath of Sabbaths. After seven times seven, seven lots of seven years, is the jubilee. Didn't Jesus say something about seven times seven with forgiveness? How many times I must forgive? Seven times? No, what about seven times seven? A jubilee, seven times seven years, debts were written off. The slate was literally wiped clean. I remember when I was at university, protesting in London with parts of the university chaplaincy community, with Jubilee 2000. I don't know if any of you remember that phrase at all, back turn of the millennium. Demanding third world debts be written off, forgiven. Forgiveness, release from our debts. Every Jubilee, every 50 years, seven times seven, the year after 50, to give a fresh start. How wonderful that would be in the world today, all the debts, all the liabilities being written off, to be able to start again without all of the rubbish that's gone before. In fact, think of the Lord's Prayer. Notice the link with the Lord's Prayer? Think of Matthew's Gospel with Jesus being asked how to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done, etc. Forgive us our... No! Debts, yes. In the Lord's Prayer we say, forgive us our trespasses, our normal version, if we use the modern language version. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. If we look in the NRSV or the NIV translations of the Bible, we have forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Not trespasses, not sins, debts and debtors. Some of, I think the Methodist Church amongst others actually uses that as the Lord's Prayer sometimes. It's actually quite powerful. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are in debt to us. That concept of jubilee is at the centre of the Lord's Prayer. The prayer Jesus commanded us to pray. Not trespasses, not sins, <coughs> debts, jubilee. The things we owe. Forgive us the things we owe as we forgive others the things they owe us. That forgiveness might be trespasses, might be sins, might be other debts, that which we owe to God, forgiving, praying that God forgives us in the same way as we try to forgive others. Debts written off, liabilities written off, sins being forgiven, etc. A jubilee for the land, a jubilee for the people, all linked together. Something we must surely be reminded of as humanity continues to exploit the land and the rich continue to exploit everyone else. 
The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Where is the jubilee? Or to quote the Black Eyed Peas, where is the love? Jesus, on the other hand, shows a new way to live, a new way to relate to the rest of creation. Except actually he's showing what there is in the Old Testament as well. Jubilee, forgiveness, set free. And in fact, we see this in the words of, the, of God through the prophet Amos in the first reading today. Alas for those who only worry about themselves. They will cut themselves off from God and end up in exile from God. We see it in today's psalm. Don't put your trust in princes or human powers, but in the power of God. The God who can release those who are bound, the God who can heal those who are blind, the God who lifts up those who are trampled down. Trampled down by who? Well, society and the rich and powerful, it feels like so often. We see it in the first letter of Timothy. We haven't brought things into the world. We can't take the things out of the world with us. Rather than seeking riches and fame and fortune and everything, rather than being obsessed with becoming more and more wealthy at the expense of others, we should seek God. Living well, loving, enduring, standing up for the faith, caring for others, giving us stuff about others rather than just ourselves. And of course we see it in the Gospel. There's a question of how we use what we are blessed with by God. Our riches or lack thereof, our gifts and talents, our time and energy, our imagination, our enthusiasm, our dedication, our prayer, and so much more. Are these things used for the glory of God or for self-centered concerns? A question each of us have to ask ourselves frequently. The idea of the so-called prosperity gospel worries me so often. The suggestion if you pray enough, you'll end up suddenly becoming wealthy because God blesses you with all this wealth. Well, where's that in the scriptures? On the other hand, we are blessed with things. And we have to admit, some people have more than others. And it is so easy just to criticise those who are more well off. There's a question alongside that, of course. How do anyone, rich or poor, use what they have? Is it used for the care and benefit of others or only for themselves, whether that's money, time, energy or anything else? Of course, we have to realise and accept that, of course, we do need money. If we didn't, we wouldn't be so upset about what's going on financially at the moment. We need money to eat, to live, to keep warm. We need money to keep the church building open. And so much more. But are we doing this to live? Do we do this to care for others? Are we doing this for the glory of God? Or are we doing this just to stockpile more and more? There is the parable of the widow's mite elsewhere in the Gospels. She who had little, so little, gave what she had sacrificially. It made a difference to her. It cost. It hurt. But it was worth it. 
as opposed to those who give apparently a lot but barely notice because they have so much. We receive from God. We offer back to God what we have received from God. All things come from God, so we are only offering back what we have received from him in the first place. Do we keep it all to ourselves, making sure we're doing better and better and don't care about anyone, anyone else? Or do we seek to share with those in need? The concept of jubilee leads to sharing, to avoiding storing up too much at the expense of others, saving it all for a rainy day. Give to God the first fruits, we are sometimes reminded. Give to God first, not just what we have left. Likewise, how we give to other concerns, how we help others. Are we just helping when we're completely satisfied ourselves with everything? Or do what we do to help others, to help society, to help the world, actually make a difference to us, a cost to us? rather than just when we've got no, nothing else to spend the money on, so, well, might as well, it don't make any difference, you know. We're reminded of this in today's Gospel. As we look at the financial situation in the UK, as we look at decisions made by the government last week, we have to wonder quite what is going on. Does everyone really matter? We need to work for a more just world, for a better sharing of resources, for the forgiveness of debts, for justice, for fairness, for an end to exploitation. To get this, people need to realise there is a better way. For us, the key to this, the way to this, is to know Jesus, to have our lives transformed through knowing him, and help other people to come to this realisation too. What can we do to make Jesus more known? What can we do to fight injustice and exploitation? What can we do to bring in a fairer world? I really do not know, but we need to do something, surely. Jesus, please, please help us. Amen.